What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a new edition of the Rideshare Misfit. Today's topic is going to be a little bit off of the misfit path, if you will. And it's just something that I fundamentally believe in. So you're just going to either going to have to stop the uh, podcast right now or you're going to have to listen. Um, there's been a lot of talk over the years, um, but in particular, as of lately, uh, when it comes to Lyft, they sent out an email. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Where is the email? I am so sorry for not having this pulled up. Uh, that is the wrong one. I should have had this pulled up already, but it is what it is. Just give me two seconds here, guys. There it is. There it is. All right. So Lyft sent out uh, an email, and they were going to continue to send out this email. It says, helping riders with foldable wheelchairs. All drivers on the Lyft platform must make every reasonable effort to accommodate passengers who use foldable mobility devices, including wheelchairs. As long as the devices can fit in your trunk or back seat safely without obscuring your view, you must transport passengers and their mobility aids. Now, this caused a, a kind of a pseudo shit uh, storm, if you will, on the old social medias. So, you know, there's one thing that you can bet on in life, which is if there is a policy that a big company has, there's generally a reason for it. So if you just scour the interwebs for all of 2.3 seconds, you will find that on Monday, June 22nd, 2020, Lyft entered into an agreement with the Department of Justice to resolve allegations that it violated federal law when its drivers denied rides to individuals with disabilities. Now, this article is right on justice.gov. So this is an official uh, Department of Justice, U.S. United States Department of Justice uh, article. Not article, but it's kind of like a press release more so. Uh, again, dated May, or excuse me, dated Monday, June 22nd, 2020, in Los Angeles. Lyft Inc. has agreed to resolve allegations it violated the Americans with Disabilities Act when some of its drivers refused to give rides to people with disabilities who used foldable wheelchairs or walkers, the Department of Justice announced today. The settlement agreement between the United States and the San Francisco-based ride-sharing company seeks to ensure that individuals with disabilities who use collapsible mobility devices will have equal access to Lyft rides. As a part of the agreement, Lyft has pledged to revise its wheelchair policies, including notifying new drivers about them, communicate its wheelchair policies once each quarter to current drivers, and create an educational video for drivers. The company also agreed to implement a complaint procedure that complies with federal law and that holds its drivers accountable for failing to comply with its wheelchair policy with punishments including possible termination. Lyft agreed to refund charges and provide $10 credits to riders who make plausible complaints of discrimination under the company's policy, revised uh, wheelchair policy. Under the settlement agreement, Lyft will pay damages ranging from $4,000 to $30,000 to four of the complainants with disabilities and a $40,000 civil penalty to the United States. For the next three years, Lyft will provide the Justice Department biannual written reports describing the activities it has taken to comply with the ADA. Lyft fully cooperated with the Department of Justice's investigation, 
which was launched after a man who uses a wheelchair filed at least 12 complaints with the company regarding his treatment from specific drivers in Los Angeles. Eight of his complaints led alleged that the drivers either refused or could not transport him because he had a wheelchair. While four of his complaints alleged that the drivers treated him rudely because he had a wheelchair, according to the settlement agreement. Another Lyft customer, a veteran who lost both of his legs in combat, combat alleged that one on one occasion in November of 2018, a Lyft driver denied him a ride because he had a collapsible wheelchair. Assistant United States Attorney, whatever this person's name is, because it's fucking all over the place, of the Civil Division's Civil Rights Section has handled this matter. Earlier this year, the city of San Clement settled allegations that from 20, October 2016 to March 2018, it violated the ADA when persons with disabilities who needed wheelchair-accessible vehicles could not use the city's lift program because it did not offer such vehicles. Back in, 20, uh, back in 2020, marked the ADA's 30th anniversary. The Justice Department will continue to use its enforcement and technical assistance tools to eliminate unlawful discriminations against people with disabilities. Now, ironically enough, I learned a long time ago that there's this what ifers, the what if this, the what abouts this, the, the people that will literally just create all kinds of excuses to not comply with the federal law. Uh, well, what about this? Well, what about that? Well, what about this? And I'm here to say, guys, chill the fuck out here for two fucking seconds. Just chill out for two seconds. If you have a disability yourself, this you know, this settlement agreement that they entered into with the Justice Department and this policy that they keep sending out doesn't pertain to people who actually cannot physically help. That's not what the ADA is designed to do. It is designed to hold businesses accountable to ensure that people with disabilities have equal access to transportation or just business in general, but in this case, it's, it's transportation. Now, Uber and Lyft have been pretty good about working out the details in terms of where they sit, right? So there's these thing called Waves, uh, which is wheelchair accessible vehicles. And that Uber and Lyft have been able to kind of isolate, which is wheelchair accessible vehicles are really for people that are in fixed motorized devices. So it's either a motorized wheelchair, scooter, something of that nature they have been able to successfully argue that their drivers are just everyday people with regular vehicles and it would be an undue burden on their drivers to require somebody to have a $30,000 upgrade on a van to make it wheelchair accessible. This is actually where they do get caught though, which is in collapsible wheelchairs, which just a, a quick little search, you have them, um, I, I believe the, the plausible number is right around 50 pounds. 50 pounds is the plausible number in which most com companies institute uh, a, a secondary additional help to, to move. So you'll see this in particular on big packages. It'll say heavy and it'll show a team of two people. 
And those devices or whatever's in the box is usually is over 50 plus pounds. It's over 60 pounds. I know with UPS, I believe the threshold was 70 pounds, but I, you know, I could be wrong on, on the number. So yes, if you are a rideshare driver and you're an able-bodied person, you are required to assist the passengers. And, and what this, what this, agreement actually really does for for all parties involved is it lays out the clear groundwork or the the clear infrastructure necessary for left to craft policy more importantly this agreement gives lift what it needs in labor courts when it comes to people who try to claim that they were unfairly or unjustly let go or that they had their, their contract terminated. Because if you are a driver who gets an ADA complaint, rest assured that will be the catalyst, that will be the pillar that the company uses to terminate your contract with cause. Now, I am a huge advocate for all those people who truly cannot help. You need to go, you need to get a medical physician to write the note. And then what I would do is I would then take that, that doctor's note. I would send one copy via email, and then I would send the other copy via certified mail to Lyft. So that way you're protected. You know, you, you can't just say, I don't want to. The, the law doesn't care about what you want. Sorry. Like if, if helping somebody, if you're not physically disabled at some point, like as in, if you're not physically hampered, nobody gives a shit about what you want. The, the law just doesn't give a shit. Like, guess what? You don't want to help people with disabilities. Maybe get a job where you don't have to deal with customers face-to-face -face in person. Like those are your options because it's the Americans with Disabilities Act was very fucking crystal clear back in 1990 and received broad support across the country. So if you feel as though you shouldn't have to, just know that you're in the extreme minority and nobody's going to listen to you. Now, again, if you're actually hampered, like if you have something that prevents you from actually helping, like an actual physical impairment, guess what? Communication is fucking key. It's really that simple. And oddly enough, when I started actually reading the comments, you could tell all the people that were actually disabled, who were, who were physically unable to help because they figured out a long time ago that, hey, all I have to do is be like, hey, you know, I also have a disability and I can't help with luggage. Guess what? It's cool. You were upfront and honest. And guess what? What are the chances that that rider complains? It's almost zero. I can't say it's, I can't say it's zero because... 
There's always going to be that outlier. There's going to be somebody that inevitably listens to this podcast and you'll be like, well, what if this? And what if that? And what about this? And what about that? And if you have to say, how about, what about in this instance, like if you start your, your, your question or your statement with that, you are literally using a 1% question. You're, you're literally just trying to nitpick your way into not having to do it. But by and large, we, as it by we, we, we just mean the country as in, as in general, have elected to ensure that people with disabilities can live a normal life. They can exercise the ability to, to use transportation services. They can get themselves into businesses. You see, we, when we think about the ADA from a rideshare perspective, we, we take for granted or we, we discount in our mind all the ways that we've ADA-proofed society already in terms of stores. So one of the easiest ways back in 1990 to make everybody comply with the ADA in terms of building code is we just made the standard door size X amount. Whatever, whatever the ADA says is the proper amount, the, the proper width for a wheelchair, that is the standard width of a door. You know, we turned around and we said, hey, if you have a public bathroom or if you have a, a bathroom that serves the public, you must provide certain tools so that people in wheelchairs or people with disabilities can use your bathroom. Now, ironically enough, discrimination based off of per a person's physical ability is one of the driving factors behind why Uber exists in the first place. You know, I used to really, really despise taxi cab drivers because they were like the glaring, like poster childs of discrimination. Like, oh, I'm sorry, my credit card machine doesn't work. I can take you to a... I can take you to a, a, what do you call it? Uh, an ATM. Oh, you know, that's in a really bad area. I'm not going to go pick up over there. Oh, that's this. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I can't help you get in, into my van. Like discrimination in particular against people with disabilities is nothing new. And unfortunately, those with disabilities that have been around the longest have just kind of taken on a defeat mentality that they're just going to be discriminated against. And it's terrible. It's terrible that there are people in this country that feel as though because of something that's completely out of their control, they cannot participate in society the same way because of a few bad apples. Now, what I'm hoping is that with the advent of the internet and more and more of these cases, the Justice Department is, is laying down swift penalties, that it actually encourages more consumers to file more complaints against those who violate the Americans with Disabilities Act. You see, the, the, the go-to statement for most people is, is well, there's, there's, there's special types of transportation services for that. And to that, I would say, those came about primarily for people who need the 
extra, extra attention. So the people who are in a fixed wheelchair, that's their primary focus. Like people that require an exceptional amount of help. But I'm sorry if somebody who has a disability is in a collapsible wheelchair that weighs 20 pounds. Why can't they just ride in a regular lift? Seriously. Or an Uber. Why? Because the driver doesn't want to do it? The fuck do we care whether people want to do things or not? Like it's the law. It's federal law at that. It's not even like it's a an objection. It's it's like a a, a a subjective law. Like it's it's fucking crystal clear. People with with service animals are allowed to go in certain aspects of businesses, including healthcare facilities and restaurants. It doesn't matter whether you like it or not. Nobody gives a fuck how you if you like it or not. They're a protected class of citizens. Like we've all kind of generally accepted that we don't discriminate against people based off of color, uh, ethnicity, or fucking religion, or a disability. That's just the fucking law of the land. If you don't like it, go through the channels to change it. You know, I absolutely love, because if you look into uh, enforcing the uh, Americans with Disabilities Act, they have very adequate and what I would call uh, <laughs> attitude-adjusting penalties. Like 40000 they give that out like it's nothing. That's a first-time offense, by the way. A $40,000 fine is first-time violators. Second, I believe they can fine you up to 140000 and third time is over 200000 Like it's it, basically the civil penalties are designed to put people out of business who don't change. And I know there's a whole bunch of people that aren't going to like that, but it is what it is, right? Like it turns out that it's cheaper to buy $75 worth of hardware to put up in your bathroom than it is to pay out a $40,000 fine. It's cheaper. For Lyft, in this instance, I would actually argue that the $40,000 that they paid plus whatever they paid out in punitive damages is a net benefit to the company because now their, poli their company policy is being directed by a federal agency. So what I mean by that is hey, our policies are, are written in a way and are enforced in a way that comply with federal law and federal regulators. So, you know, when you, whenever you see these emails, right, helping riders with foldable wheelchairs, just, just know that the, all the words and policies have real meaning, like actual real meaning. And your feelings on the meaning of those policies don't mean anything. They don't. Guess what? Uber and Lyft are vastly jumping into uh, public transit systems, public transit authorities. They're saying, hey, 
you know what, maybe, maybe there's some synergy there and we can, we can create some really cool programs that lower the cost for cities to provide public, uh, public transportation. Guess what? If you're a driver that doesn't like that, you will just find your way into doing something else. It's that simple because there's no shortage of people willing to be in that space. There's no shortage of people willing to put two extra seconds into helping somebody into the car. Oh, well, the liability, blah, blah, blah. That is the biggest scapegoat and it's the easiest one to, to debunk because as long as your trip is being completed on the platform, your passengers are 1 million percent covered by Lyft's policies. Will that stop an attorney from suing you? No. Guess what? I tell you what, if somebody even looks wrong at a situation, the attorney, uh, an attorney will sue you for it. Like you not helping is not going to not get you a lawsuit. In fact, I would actually argue that their stance as, as, an, as a lawyer, they'd have more of a case against you because the lack of effort. Um, but if, if you have good intent and you genuinely help a rider into the vehicle and something happens, they fall out, they fall, they injure themselves, which by the way, full disclosure, I've actually been there. I've had a passenger fall while I assisted them. Guess what? Guess what happened? I was fully transparent and nothing adverse happened against me. I gave a statement to the lawyers and that was it. Boom, done. I gave a statement to Uber because it happened on the Uber platform. Done. Yeah, was I deactivated temporarily? Absolutely fucking lutely. Do you not like that? Probably not, but guess what? The company has to protect itself. Something happened. Here's the crazier part. Whether you helped or not, you would be deactivated by the company. It has absolutely nothing to do with whether you helped or not. And it has 100% to do with the fact that you happened to be there when it happened. They just got to figure it out and they got to move forward. And this is where my, my preaching, that's what I'm gonna call it at this point because that's what I'm doing, preaching. My preaching of being a diverse gig worker will help mitigate any type of revenue loss that you could lose from a singular program, uh, platform where you temporarily lose access. Like, I'm sorry, I don't feel bad for a driver who only drives Lyft and is deactivated. I'm sorry, you literally put yourself in that situation. Like, that's not my fault, that's not anybody else's fault, that's your own. Guys, we live in a world where not everybody has the physical ability to live the life that you might be living. And that's, that's where I really want to get into the next segment of this, the meat and potatoes, which is actually helping drivers get through this. So I, I used to be, I used to be one of those people, one of those drivers who used to bitch and complain about Walmart pickups, grocery store pickups, elderly pickups, doctor appointment pickups, 
I used to complain a lot. Uh, I don't I don't know how much I complained online, but I just in general I complained a lot. Like I became a very toxic motherfucker over it. But here's what I've I've noticed just in my 37 trips around the sun thus far is reality is basically your perception, the way you perceive it. So what I started to do with my toxic ass is I started looking at every situation and every single time I get mad about something, I try to find something to be grateful for. Gratitude, it's, it's an amazing thing. It, the fucking mindset is a religion in my, in, in my book. So whenever I go to pick up somebody in particular, so what still kind of irks me is like picking people up from like the, the grocery store and stuff. What I tell myself every single time I get out of the car to help them load groceries is how incredibly blessed am I that I don't even have to think while I'm shopping, how I'm going to get home. Or when I need something from the store, I can just simply get up, get in my car and go. And then while I'm shopping, I'm not thinking about my ride home because my car is sitting outside and I just get into it, I load it, and I drive myself home. Like, how blessed am I that I'm able to do that? You know, if, if, you, start, if you start looking at it from the perspective of, in this case, medical assistance, like people that are just, they have a disability, maybe they're just old, and this and that is... How incredibly blessed am I that I can actually just jump out of the car and help this person? Like I actually have the physical ability to help them. And it's, it's just, it's a mind game that you have to play with yourself because you're self-employed. And boy, when you go toxic, you have the ability to wreck the foreseeable future with your toxicness because it's in your mind, you're doing it to yourself. You're taking situations, you're choosing to see the worst possible aspect of it and focus on that. That was a choice that you made. You chose to think that way. So whenever I look at, at older folks, I tell you what, I worked with a company in a part of the country, I'm not gonna say the name because I don't wanna give them any publicity because I fundamentally disagree with the managers of that company. But this company that I worked for, it was a tech startup, got into ADA compliant transportation. It's they're basically, they're an adaptive uh, transportation network company. They're trying to become like the Uber and Lyft of like ADA rides. Anyways, which fundamentally I just don't believe we need. Um, but what I learned in helping design the programs that they're now implementing across the country is when you sit down with people who are disabled, by and large, they, people don't want help. They don't want it. The key word there is want. Nobody wants to feel dependent upon another. Like it's a terrible feeling. And like once you start to understand that aspect, you start to look at people with disabilities differently. You start to approach them differently. Now, for me, I fuck I love old folks. In particular, old ladies. Let me tell you something about old ladies. 
these ladies grew up in a time where they were fucking Betty Homemaker and they got some freaking cool ass stories if you can get them on that topic of conversation. I jump out of the car as if I fucking hit the lottery that I'm taking this person some. Oh, ma'am, let me come on over. Let me help. Let me let me help you in. What can I grab for you? Don't don't you dare touch that bag. I'm going to carry it the rest of the way. I come up with some lighthearted funny approach to dealing with with older folks that might have bags or might need assistance. Ma'am, I'm going to I'm going to take it the rest of the way. You just tell me what to do and I promise you I'm a good listener. Like that's all you have to do to break the ice. And guess what? They're going to laugh. They might smile. Cuz here's here's the thing that I've learned, right? And and it's all in perspective. It's all in, it's all in the way we perceive things, which is Think back to all the people you ever picked up from a doctor's appointment. Think back to every single one of them you've ever picked up from a doctor's appointment. How many of your riders that you picked up from a doctor's appointment learned that they have cancer? Or learned that their clock is, is going to be cut a little bit short? Um, and just genuinely devastating news. You might be able to tell me, but you might turn around and you might say, well, Chris, none, none have ever, none, none, none come to mind. Well, none of them have ever told you that, but how many people that you've picked up received that kind of news right before you picked them up? Think about the incredible opportunity you have as a rideshare driver to literally help somebody forget about the worst possible news they could ever receive in their life. And you give them five to 10 minutes of peace. Maybe something to laugh about, something to take their mind off of it. Even if it's just for 10 minutes. The profound effect that we can have on people's lives is limitless. Take it to the person that, that just worked retail that got in your car. What if you could turn around and for at least 10 minutes help them forget how shitty of a day they just had? Now, for me, the reason why I do this is because, for, for one main reason, because I treat my mental health like a bank. I treat my mental health like a bank. I'm trying to make deposits. Just like all of us out here, when we go out to make money, we're looking to make deposits into our bank account, right? We're looking to build our bank account. Well, for me, I'm trying to build my mental health bank account. So you know what? If I can go out and I can make somebody smile, yeah, you know what? I might've just got paid $5 on that ride, but I also made a deposit into my mental health. You know, I fundamentally believe that what, what goes around comes around. What you put out into the world will come back to you eventually. Good and bad. So if you're putting negative toxic shit out into the world, chances are you're going to be receiving some toxic shit back. That's, in my mind, it's just karma uh, tying up some loose ends. You know, so for me, it's how do I make a positive deposit instead of a withdrawal? That's the way I look at any time 
I'm going to turn around and project some type of negative thought. I am withdrawing money from my mental health bank. So I need to put that shit right back. So that's why for me, it, it rideshare really is a mind game because you are an independent contractor. Despite what all drivers out there that are railing against the, the very notion and call themselves slaves, uh, you are an independent contractor and it is up to you to manage your mental health. It is up to you to manage your finances. It's up to you to comply with federal, state, and local laws. Everything is on your shoulders. You know, being a fucking entrepreneur or self-employed or whatever you want to call it is really fucking cool until you're in, you're in the thick of it. And then you're like, shit, you know what? It might take a little extra fucking mental fortitude to, to do what, what these other successful, happy people are doing. And for me, it's fundamentally a mindset game because I've literally watched some of my dearest friends go down a terrible rabbit hole mentally and just manifest bad situation after bad situation after bad situation. So when I look at, at the, the ride share community as a whole, my thought is, is how, how can I have a positive impact on my riders and on the community as a whole? Like what kind of information can I put out there for drivers that can help make being in the gig economy better from a mental health standpoint? Because like it or not, we have a reckoning on our hands that we're going to have to deal with sooner rather than later when it comes to our general overall mental health. You know, uh, a pandemic certainly in isolation sure shit didn't fucking help matters. So it's like, you know what? If, if I find myself struggling from time to time, then what do I think other drivers are struggling with? Like, I know I'm not the only person, right? And unfortunately, social media really isn't a place for people to deal with those struggles because if you've been in any social media group long enough, you recognize that there are a lot of people out there that feed off of shitting on others and making fun of others. So we've kind of cultivated this space, right, of negativity. And then we have people who deal with negativity in the real world. And they look to social media and they go, mm, you know what? I would say something in this group, but I know that so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so is going to shit on me for it. So I'm going to keep it to myself. So you know what? I'm going to put myself out there. I'll be the one that takes the hit. Come at me. You know, mental health is a real fucking thing. And being an independent contractor, driving yourself, and being a part of a toxic-ass community that's on social media is actually really fucking hard for people. So when it comes to those who get frustrated and are well, are able-bodied, if you get frustrated by the fact that somebody's in a foldable wheelchair or you have to take a few extra seconds and heaven forbid, possibly make somebody's fucking day, 
change your mindset, change your perception. Don't look at a situation where you have to spend an extra five minutes doing something you probably don't want to do. Don't focus on the bad in that situation. Be like, damn, at least I don't have to, I don't have to experience this. Like, I'm just genuinely humbled and grateful that I have the ability every single day to like literally get up out of my bed and just just do everyday tasks with minimal like mental effort. Like I can just go. Like I I can I like I wake up and this is where everybody laughs at me, but when most people say, "Hey man, how's it going?" I legit turn around and without Without any hesitation, I'm like, man, I'm fucking living the dream. Like I woke up on this side of the dirt. Like I'm, I'm, I'm extremely blessed. I'm extremely fortunate. Does that mean that bad shit doesn't happen to me? Absolutely not. But it does mean that when I do face adversity or, or situations that I don't feel comfortable in, I have the ability to find enough good in the situation to make it through it and make a deposit in my mental health bank. And you know what? I think a lot of rideshare drivers could benefit from that. Because the vast majority of society will never understand how deflating it is to pick up an order, drive 10 miles down the road to make $3.50. Just like the vast majority of people have no idea what it's like to work in retail or in food service and the shit that people get put through each and every day. The only thing that I can do is, is maybe give you uh, some things to try that, that at least it, it doesn't fix the situation, right? It doesn't fix the $3 and 50 cents, but you know what? Maybe just maybe, if you can manifest some more positivity, good things will come from it. It's not a guarantee, but again, I fundamentally believe that you will receive back what you put out in the world. You put out toxic shit, guess what? You're gonna fucking get toxic shit back, guaranteed. And karma will deliver an endless supply of it. As long as you can deliver fucking toxicity to the ethers, karma will make sure that that shit comes right back to you. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Sorry for the pause right there. I just, uh, screen just went blank. Um, <laughs> but again, just thank you guys for tuning in. I hope that this helps drivers. Again, real quick, think about your mental health as a bank and make more deposits than, you, than withdrawals and build your mental health bank. If you focus on building your mental health bank, I feel confident in saying you will build your actual bank account. How? Fuck all if I know. The world works in funny and mysterious ways. But I, I, I genuinely believe that if you focus on your mental health bank and, and making deposits each and every day, that you will see results in your day-to-day -day life and your, your real-life bank account. So thanks so much and have a great day.